0: Gotcha. Okay, good morning. My name is Dr. Susie Harris and this is my new podcast called The Next Seven. The purpose of this podcast is to be a part of making sure people everywhere have access to clean organic food, clean water, and result-oriented functional health care in achieving these things, we can ensure our next seven generations are left with a world that allows them to thrive. So it's on my mind. It's in my purpose. And today I'm excited. My guest is Melissa Mackey. She is owner and holistic health practitioner at Gratitude for Wellness in Willsboro, New York. You're born and raised in Ithaca. I found out about you when I was checking into your Background yeah, a little more. Small town right near Ithaca. Yes. Awesome. Um, she has a bachelor's degree in psychology and master's degrees in marriage and family therapy, five element acupuncture, and is a certified in Chinese herbal medicine and biomedical sciences. Girl, that's <laughs> achievement. A lot of achievement. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely want to get into um, the amazing work you do at your wellness center. Uh, but before I do, I wanted to ask a couple of questions yes. about your path uh, that led absolutely. you to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So if I got it right, you were you spent about twelve years in a career as a mental health practitioner. I did. Yeah, and you were working in schools and in else clinic settings, and that's yes. Yeah, I was
1: working for um, a community mental health agency in Middlebury. Vermont. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, I worked, I started as an emergency team clinician for kids and families. Mm -hmm. So any crisis that happened in the county uh, that dealt with anyone 18 and under, we were sent out to triage that and figure out what the families needed and what the kids needed. Mm. After a couple years of that work, um, I burnt out and uh, it was pretty intense. And then I went into the school and I worked with teenagers uh, for most of those years. Mm -hmm. and uh, absolutely loved it. And they were actually a big part of what got me to go back to school and study
0: acupuncture. Well, that was my next question too, is what was it that had you shift your interest to Chinese medicine?
1: Um, Mostly, I think I was just seeing, because I was in the school, I had a lot of time with these kids. They could pop in between classes. Um, We would have our sessions, sometimes multiple sessions a week. We sometimes would do after school activities together. Um, And so I really got to know them well, and I really got to see them in a school district that was really incredibly supportive in many ways, um, many different ways for kids. And then what I saw over and over was that when they got to graduation and they graduated and they would lose those services and they would lose that connection to those teachers. Mm -hmm. that the majority of them fell back into these patterns of their family of origin that uh, were not health sustaining at all. And Mm -hmm. I watched it over and over. And I finally, after a group of girls that I was incredibly close to who were incredibly talented in so many ways. um, And I watched them graduate and within a year, um, most of them were pregnant And, and I remember thinking, you know, I'm not here to determine anyone's destiny and they all would be amazing mothers. And I also saw amazing gifts, bigger gifts for them that didn't get realized. And it really hit my heart. And, and I got to thinking there must be a medicine out there that touches people more on the emotional and spiritual plane, and really help make some shifts. And that's how I found five element acupuncture is through that
0: journey. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: That's amazing. And I guess while we're on the subject of the acupuncture, we're going to talk about your other services, especially thermography Mm -hmm. uh, in this podcast. Um, With the five element, can you share a story about somebody that you maybe pulled out of a health situation in a way that's different from, uh, other approaches?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> um, so as I've worked through the years with people, I found that most often physical pain is not physical pain. Mm. It's more emotional, spiritual gunk. Mm. And, uh, and sometimes we can identify that through conversation and through, um, in Chinese medicine, all the organ systems also have an emotional component. So, if someone is having respiratory issues, we would talk about lungs, but the lungs also house grief. So, I would be asking them, you know, have you gone through any grief lately? Is this an anniversary date for anything important to you? Um, you know, we would kind of be talking about that, and um, and so certainly just within the last three weeks. Um, What I've seen in here is stomach pain, Mm -hmm. constipation, diarrhea, headaches, um, back pain, extreme anxiety, depression. It's all about the election. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not it's not anything, you know, we're not having a run of like a stomach flu, um, but it's where it goes for people. And so last night in particular, um, I had a client who came in who just felt like she had been taking on people's energy. She's in the school district. So she's working with these kids that are exhibiting some fear and anxiety. And then she's working with adults who are exhibiting the same. And she just felt like she couldn't shake it. Like she mm-hmm. couldn't she couldn't get back to her self. And, um, and so the treatment that we did was especially designed for that. It was especially designed through Five Element Acupuncture to be able to just help those emotions that weren't even hers that she just had kind of taken in to try to help somebody else Mm -hmm. and just let them go. And by the time she left, she, um, she felt centered and calm and tired and peaceful. And she was able to go home and, and go to bed and actually go to sleep. And so big difference.
0: Mm -hmm. And I know, I mean, just, just to make a point of that, about that. Um, when you bring a person back to that state, yeah. it seems to me like a, a really large move in the right direction for their immune strength and immune health. Absolutely. Can also kind of chill out some of the anxiety about, you know, the virus that everybody's so worried about. Absolutely.
1: Yes. It only benefits health on every level. If you can stay in that state more often than not.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, your center, Gratitude for Wellness, mm-hmm. is a multifaceted <laughs> it place. Um, yes. what, I, what I know about you just from knowing you and mm-hmm. receiving care from you myself um, mm-hmm. is that you have a really rounded approach, a really well rounded approach. You're teaching people about toxicity and how it affects their bodies, you're educating about non toxic lifestyle choices. Um, you've got your five-season diet that supports people and shifting their food that goes right down into like menus and meal planning and shopping lists. It's really amazing. The use of essential oils. And of course, we're talking about your acupuncture. I wonder, what would you say is or maybe was your largest challenge as you are trying to encourage people to shift their lifestyles, which helps them shift their health? Uh, you know shift their food maybe reducing their toxic products what's the largest challenge getting people to uh, take that on mm. you see
1: I think there's two I think there's a macro level and a micro level
2: mm-hmm. so
1: the macro level is that um, the information that I have isn't widely disseminated by Western medicine or Popular culture really. And so, so I think the bigger, the bigger level is that we have a, we have a, a government and we have agencies and that continue to support, um, really toxic food, mm. um, and, um, laws that haven't been updated on, um, even you know specifically for women the the area of beauty and self care products, um, and so companies can pretty much put anything they want into anything,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we don't we don't know that, and and there has been a ton of research and information about about how food is medicine and how what we eat has an incredible impact on how our body can function or not, and that information isn't widely told because there's a lot of money and people eating and drinking that way.
2: Mm.
1: Um, and so when I say to somebody, um, that sugar feeds cancer, they've never heard that before. And their oncologist hasn't told them that. And, and so I think the, the bigger level of that is that I have to, I have to kind of convince them that I actually have researched, educated information, even though they've never heard this before in their life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because why wouldn't their doctor have told them that? Mm-hmm. Why would their chemo doctor tell them, just eat anything you want and gain weight so you're ready for chemo,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which meant let's go to McDonald's and have a milkshake, Yeah, right? Because that, that'll fatten me up. <laughs> that's also feeding the cancer that you're trying to kill through the chemo. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: so that's the bigger problem for me is that unless people are already tuned in Mm -hmm. and already doing their own research and already watching documentaries and really starting to critically think about things, this information is coming out of left field. And then the micro level is that people really don't want to do it. I mean, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Like, 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 you know, it's that's I, I totally totally get it, and so because and because I'm a huge foodie and I love food, um, that's why we've we've kind of put together all of these different facets of this business. Is because if you feel like okay, I just can't do a dietary change right now. Okay, maybe you could use essential oils instead of over-the-counter pharmaceuticals, right? Or if I can't give up my pharmaceuticals right now, maybe you could eat a healthier, cleaner diet. Mm -hmm. And so let's figure out where you can jump in on this wheel of of health, because anytime any of us jump in and we start making change and our body starts to feel better, then our body wants more of that. It's Mm -hmm. really smart. Mm -hmm. And so once we get in the wheel, we don't have to work as hard because your body starts craving more of what you're doing because you feel better. Your mm-hmm. joints hurt less. You can move easier. You're happier. Everything changes, and isn't that's addictive. Once we get it,
0: mm-hmm. it's amazing to watch, isn't it? I really it is. I was encouraged um, in my training in the in the uh, work that I do to take a photo the beginning of care and later on in care. I've never done it because it just feels oh. a intrusive. Right, right. We right. Really do see people change. Wow. Yeah. They just yes. look so different. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Well, so the other thing that you do, which I'm so happy that you do, and you come to our space here in South Burlington, Vermont a couple mm-hmm. times a month to do is the thermography services. Yes. So how about you explain what that is first? Sure. So
1: thermography is an infrared thermal camera. So most people have seen that technology used in military videos or police videos where they can, they can kind of see through buildings and they can see the heat outline of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it you know, on the news and things like that. And so that's the technology. Um, and this, this specific technology we're talking about today is medical grade, but mm-hmm. it gives people an idea of what we're looking at, the heat signature of somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, and so how the medical piece of thermography is used, um, two ways, one, it can scan the whole body and it can look for abnormal heat signatures. So the energy in our body runs equally left to right bilaterally. We're symmetrical. Our heat should be symmetrical. And Mm -hmm. so when you start seeing heat patterns that aren't equal left to right, we have a problem Houston. And Mm -hmm. so that's what these reports can do is we can, we can scan through and specifically um, the big ones that I really love is that we can look at the carotid artery, we can look at the thyroid, we can look at breast tissue, which I'll get to specifically later, and then we can look at the internal organs. So all the internal organs have, they're all connected to a piece of skin on, on your body. And so the biggest one people might know is the appendix. If anyone's ever had an issue with their appendix and they went to the doctor, they would just to the right of your belly button, the doctor presses there. And if you have any issue with your appendix, you're off the table. And so that is called a dermatome. So all of your internal organs are connected to these dermatomes on your skin, which then have thermatomes. Mm-hmm. So the interpreting physician who reads these thermography scans, are a, they're able to use all this different computer software to break you down in all these different ways to look to see, do we have an abnormal heat signature that's mm-hmm. an indicative of potential disease
0: state? So I have a question about that. Um, when you say an organ is connected to an area of skin, mm-hmm. Am I right in thinking that that's a nervous system thing, like the nerve? Exactly. exactly. That, it's that through the nerves. The yes. It's, it's how the nerves attach. Yes. Okay. Yes. So an organ that might be in some sort of trouble would, or not even disease level yet, but some sort of trouble might demonstrate a heat pattern at a specific area on the skin.
1: Yes, Exactly. Okay, Yes. And the interpreting physician, um, these are all board certified physicians that read these thermography reports. Um, they have that, computer software to be able to put your thermography picture Mm -hmm. and compare it and look to see, do we have an issue? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, so it might be uh, some reports. I just actually did one this morning for somebody. Um, they had some extra heat in the, um, in the upper stomach and in the large intestine. And so, you know, immediately you kind of think about, is there a food sensitivity, um, something not settling well? And so it gives people information. And like you said, before, before anything is actually showing up on blood tests or, or that we're in crisis mode. Listen, this is the whole point of thermography, in my opinion, is to get information about what's going on internally in your body and then be able to take steps so that we don't get to crisis mode.
0: It's not a disease yet.
1: Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. And imagine knowing what we know about food and water and stress management and safe products. Imagine being able to implement that, what could potentially happen to something that's not even yet a disease state Mm -hmm. when you all of a sudden flush the body with, with healthy things.
0: Yeah. And have you seen, thermography results that looked like, oof, there's some risk cooking in here. Um, yeah. Let's let's use the different services you think about, like clean food, clean body products, some acupuncture and any other lifestyle stuff. Have you seen follow-up thermographies demonstrate a change?
1: Yes. So um, what we do differently with our business and thermography is that everybody who comes in for a thermography scan anywhere gets a report from a physician, Western medicine doc, board certified doc, who is then certified in thermography and and you get a report back. And what I realized, um, and this is probably, this is why we have so many facets to this business is I just so strongly believe in education. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized when I was doing thermography and I was getting these reports back is that I didn't really know then what to do. I got a report back that I had some extra heat in a breast and my breast one breast was at, at moderate risk, mm-hmm. but there wasn't, it was, I, I didn't know what to do about that. I and so, and so, what we're offering when people come through us and through Cedarwood to get um, thermography is they get the board, um, the board-certified physician report. But then I also read all the reports that are done, and I look at it more from a, a Chinese medicine perspective, and also from a just a complementary health medicine with the information that I know. And I try to offer people ideas that they can start doing right now to bring their body back into better health. Mm -hmm. And so I did have someone come through and do a breast thermography. Um, There was significant heat patches. There was some wonderment about what they call neovascularity, which basically means new blood flow, and, and which we don't want because when a tumor, when the body's thinking about creating a tumor it needs more blood to feed this potential site, so the so the body creates extra blood vessels, which bring in more blood, which is warm, which is heat. That's mm-hmm. so that's the connection to thermography, and the process is called angiogenesis. Mm-hmm. It's the process of your body creating a cancer,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so um, and so, there was this report that was saying that potentially these new blood vessels were being. You know they could see some some new blood vessels being formed. There was some irregular heat signatures. Um, They asked that the woman come back in three months to have another one and to potentially um, also go to her doctor and just kind of check things out. So we talked about how much caffeine are you drinking? She's drinking a lot of caffeine. So Mm -hmm. she cut down caffeine, she cut down meat, she increased her fruits and veg. um, She started to exercise a little bit every day. I mean, that was it. That's that, those were her changes. And Mm -hmm. she came back three months later and it was a completely different tissue read for her breast. Um, And so, and that's, I think is the power of it and we can't often see it. So it's, it's really hard because in our normal life, we're making these, we're making these changes and we're wondering, right. We're wondering, is it really doing anything? Right. We can't see our kidneys and our liver. And, and so you know, it, by giving this up and by exercising more, by doing yoga or meditation or is anything really changing? And yeah. that's the gift of, of thermography is that once a year you can come in and evaluate how you're doing.
0: Yeah. How is what you're doing out there working out for you? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. So you've been doing this for how long the thermography we've been doing it for almost two years. Okay.
1: Yes. And we have a camera. Uh, we have a space in Willsboro, which is where Gratitude for Wellness is, Willsboro, New York. And then we come to Cedarwood uh, twice a month in South Burlington as well. Okay. Yes.
0: Thermography itself has been around since when do you think?
1: Uh, it was FDA registered in the 50s.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. In the 50s? Yeah. When people. There's a, really bigger,
1: like there's a bigger discussion there, isn't there? <laughs>
0: Oh, number two. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the couple of years that you've been doing it, I think here's what comes to my mind. Um, you know, I have people in my practice that we talk to them about the thermography, men and women. Um, and of course, the first question that comes up is, you know, my doctor thinks mammo- mammograms are the way to go. Mm-hmm. And they say thermography isn't valid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect you and I to solve that question or to be advising people with this show about mammograms or no mammograms. Mm-hmm. But I just, I guess I want to talk a little bit about as a fellow practitioner, how do you deal with, again, another area where we're stacked up, the medical world is stacked up against the idea. They don't have a trust in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you how do you handle that with your patients? Like, how do we keep them informed but feeling empowered and safe with the argument on the table?
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I mean, I guess number uh, number one, I think it comes back to education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's over 800 peer-reviewed studies of thermography, okay. and really long studies, decades worth of studies with over 100,000 women for breast thermography. Mm-hmm. The research is there, and I think um, all of us, no matter who we are, whatever we practice, we don't know everything, and so I don't expect my my primary care to know everything. That would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, And, and I don't know everything as, as a practitioner, our job is to make sure that our clients are, are informed Mm -hmm. and that they feel cared for and that they feel met where they're at.
2: Yeah.
1: And so for me, the, the, you can go back and you can look at all the research and the peer review. We have everything on our website.
0: I was going to do that. That's fantastic.
1: Yes. We have videos, we have information, we have all of it. And if you took all of that away, thermography is the only technology that can spot angiogenesis. It's the only technology that can see as the body is thinking about creating something we don't want that process takes eight years. Eight. You don't, you don't go to bed last night and wake up and say, shit, I have a tumor? Yeah. Right. It doesn't happen. It takes eight years for a body to get to a place that ultrasound or mammograms can find something.
0: Interesting.
2: And so we have eight years. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Well, I'm just really excited that you're doing it and and that you have that information on your website because that's the thing, right? People have to have a place to go where they can put their own eyes on the information. They do. gather their own Feeling about it because it's just not um, embraced by the medical world, and there's a lot of fear around it. Yes, but I feel this podcast. The main reason I'm doing this is I am wanting to increase the exposure for people to easy access readings that mm-hmm. will let you hear not just a practitioner on the ground saying this is what I'm seeing. And this is what I feel is true. You can go look at the research that's decades old. And I love to see people get great questions for their medical folks. Cause we're a team, you know, the medical scene and the traditional medicine, I, I kind of consider, um, you know, your acupuncture and my chiropractic and the mm-hmm. applied kinesiology. Those are traditional medicines that have been around for thousands of years. And, right. um, major medical is such a necessary piece of our full team. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping that by being able to provide the research oriented information and people can critically think for themselves, we keep bringing these teams together to keep a patient centered form of care. You know, it's not about he said, she said, and who's right. It's like, who is this patient? What's going on? What do they need? How can we collaborate to do the best job of giving right. them the tools they need, so right. we,
1: and all of all of those technologies have different um, have different strengths, and mm-hmm. so it's not about um, you know choose this over that. We as women should be using all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be using thermography. We should be using mammograms. We should be using ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the piece that's been missing, I think, for for women is that they just don't know that thermography exists. Mm -hmm. So they don't know that they can be monitoring from the age of 25 up, you can be Mm -hmm. monitoring your breast health,
2: right?
1: You really have a good idea. So if you feel something, Mm -hmm. you're going to have some history there to be able to present to a practitioner and your thermography reports and the, you know, the pictures that you get. And, you know, you can really carry your history in with you to Mm -hmm. say, you know, I this is what it's looked like, and you know, I don't know. And then this happened, and now I feel a little something. And so you just you have more information, and it. I mm-hmm. think too, it doesn't have to be so scary.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: I hear women in my office talk about how anxious they get before their mammogram, and um, it it doesn't have to be scary. We we have the tools to to monitor, and then and then we can make changes that mm-hmm. have a tremendous impact on our cellular health.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and one thing I like about what you're saying is if you were able, two things I want to make sure we cover. One, that the thermography is non-radiation because Correct. mammograms do use radiation to get their picture and repetition can cause some risk, cancer risks of radiation uh, and the compression of the breast if you're monitoring every year. It's mm-hmm. not to say no one should ever do that, but I think the both and around it is mm-hmm thermography monitoring from an early stage of your life and like you just said if there is a detection of a tumor growth and you have that history to show how long it took to get there so you don't have to panic and go right into surgery radiation chemo and all of the like third and fourth stage cancer responses um, to an early detection of something so seeing that pattern of how long it took for that to form, you have time to get more information about your health and try to affect it and monitor it. See how what you're doing is changing that status of that tumor. And have you seen the angiogenesis? um, You just gave us one story,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. hot spots and in the forming Mm -hmm. of new blood vessels, you've seen those resolve with lifestyle changes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And um and even, and I talked to someone yesterday who, um, has uh, chronic Lyme disease and, and she has done, she's been her own research project and seeing those thermography reports from when she was first, you know, bit and inflamed and in, you know, acute Lyme over the years and, and her progression and all of the, um, all of the avenues of health that she chose, which were way more natural and, um and non-invasive and to watch her thermography reports over the years that the way she used it was to say is what I'm doing working and so let me see what's going on in there so I know you know how to compare it to what I'm doing Mm -hmm. Um, but to go yes to go back to what you said thermography so it's a it's a camera and so there's no radiation there's Mm -hmm. no compression um, nothing is touching you it, it's completely safe. And so, um, and so it's great for people who have dense breasts because again, we're looking at heat signatures. We're not trying to get through tissue. Mm-hmm. So dense breasts, um, anyone who's had a mastectomy, fantastic. Anyone who has implants, fantastic because the camera can is just looking for heat. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's, all of those cases are kind of special cases when you're thinking about mammograms. Um, especially people with implants. And so it's a really safe way to to get a snapshot of what's happening.
0: I love that, functional healthcare. <laughs> it's really beautiful to be able to get a read on what's happening in a body, make a plan for what you wanna do about it and then have a way to monitor how it's going. I feel like yeah. that's so empowering for people.
1: hmm absolutely.
0: I do wonder um, in your area. So, you know, one of the challenges I think for those of us who are in the functional healthcare scene is getting collaboration from our medical docs, who are generally the primary care physicians for a lot of our patients. Um, how does that? How do you? How are you doing in your area? Do you have some docs who hear what you're doing and and uh, collaborate? We have
1: one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have one. Um, she is uh, an osteopath by trade. So I find that, um, I find that functional medicine, osteopath and, um, naturopathic doctors mm-hmm. are, they, they've already heard about it. They already know a little bit about it. They're really much more open to it. So mm-hmm. those physicians refer, um, and so I was referring to New York. So we have one person on the New York side that's been incredibly supportive. And then we have several in Vermont um, and they all seem to be that. But what I do, um, we always ask people if they want their report sent to anybody. And most people want their report sent to their primary care. Mm-hmm. So when I send out the report, I also print out again, education documents about what thermography is,
0: mm-hmm. how it
1: differs from a mammogram or an ultrasound, um, how it's helpful to, um, use for breast health and and overall health. So the physician, when they get the packet, they do get kind of Mm -hmm. some, you know, pieces of education along with the report. And so Mm -hmm. my hope is that some of those people will actually read it,
2: Mm -hmm. um,
1: and be intrigued and talk to their, talk to their patient about their experience and what it was like and what changes they're making. And that, and that we may see, a a bigger support and a bigger conversation for people to make some lifestyle changes instead of just handing over pharmaceuticals.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that's a part of your job that people don't always think about is building that bridge. Yes. The other docs that are on their team and just trying to ensure that the person feels supported with a both and mentality, not an either or. Right. Um, So I love that you do that. That's powerful. So that brings up another question about um, people's access, you know, to this functional health care. You've got more than just the thermography, but given that that's what we're focusing on, we can keep focusing there. Um, It's it's tricky to ensure that people know about and also have access to functional health care. Do you see, can you name... Any of the main barriers you've noticed, like what are the barriers that people experience? I'm not framing the question very well, but I'm, what can yeah. what them from having access to the functional healthcare, I guess is where I'm trying to go.
1: Uh, well, the biggest barrier, which I think is a false barrier um, mm-hmm. that I hear from people is, I, I don't wanna spend my money on that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it actually comes out as I can't afford that. But really what they're saying is I don't want to spend my money on that. Yeah. And, um, and so for me, um, I just come from such a different mentality about what my health is worth. And, and so, um, but, I, but I hear that a lot, but I also know we all get to choose where we spend our money. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people really love to go shopping and buy shoes and purses and jewelry and perfume and clothes. Right. And some people love to go to really great restaurants and have great food and great wine. And um, and so we all get to choose. Um, but I also know that if um, if any of these people were given a scenario where their child needed emergency surgery or their pet needed emergency surgery, Mm -hmm. they'd get that money pretty quick. Um, And I've seen it happen over and over. And so it really comes down to, can we start to value ourselves enough Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that we're willing to invest in ourselves because our society is set up for the quick fix.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right? Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so we're set up to just drive through and get a meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're set up to hit a button on our phone and see exactly where we are in Google maps. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's it's, everything is at our fingertips. And mm-hmm. if we have an ache, we just go to the doctor, get a script and take a pill. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the bigger issue is that that's not setting us up for true health or wealth
2: actually. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And, and so <clears throat> for me, the biggest barrier that I see is that people, people just don't value themselves enough.
2: Mm-hmm. They just
1: don't. And they're just, they're just not at a place where they're willing to say, I'm going to take that hundred extra bucks
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm going to go invest in this practitioner
2: mm-hmm.
1: to really understand my health better and to yeah. get a better handle on it. Mm -hmm. and and to make a commitment for a period of time to do that and Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of free things that people can do every day that they're still not choosing to do right like they can be exercising they can be meditating they can get um youtube video on yoga and do yoga like we have a lot of different options at a lot of different price points Mm -hmm. but the majority of us don't still don't choose them yeah and so i think it does come down to um as a human race, we have to decide are we valuable enough? Mm-hmm. You know, it, am I valuable enough to invest in to make sure that I'm functioning physically, mentally, spiritually at the highest and best plane that I can?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because my wellness affects everybody around me. Mm-hmm. And if we had people who were, Interested in that, and they were happier because we tend to get happier when we're healthier. Um, we'd have a lot more happy
0: people, yes, which I think would make more fun on the planet. Can you imagine that? Um, we start to sparkle, yeah.
1: Um, and so I think that's the biggest barrier is that I can see. Number one, I'm always the guinea pig. So I always go to practitioners first. Mm -hmm. I'm always put myself out there first. Mm -hmm. And then I come back and I talk to my clients about, this was my experience. And because I do this so often, I know it would be so great for them. I Mm -hmm. know they would benefit. I know this is the right, one of the right choices for them, Mm -hmm. but I can't, you know, I don't have the power to, to convince them that they're worth it. They have to, they have to do that. Mm-hmm. but at least I can educate, right? Yeah. Because if you, you know, give that analogy again, you know, if you're, if you're a cancer patient and you are educated that sugar feeds cancer, mm-hmm. you're not going to forget that you might still choose to have the milkshake, mm-hmm. but there's going to be part of you that goes I'm feeding my cancer right now. Mm-hmm. And so if I can just educate people, and get them information. At least they know they have a choice.
2: Yeah.
1: At least they. Oh, and- at least they can make a decision from a more educated mm-hmm. perspective. And then that's up to them. It's their yeah. life. It's how they want to live. Um, but I think we should know
2: mm-hmm.
1: what our options are and what our choices are and what resources are available. We have the right to know that.
0: Totally. So I have. I'm having so much fun with you, first of all. I know. (laughs) We we can talk forever, anytime. (laughs) Um, But I want to turn towards something that's more about you and your heart. Like Mm -hmm. what you do in your office is amazing. And I've I've been with you in your community and I see how much your community loves you because of who you are and what you bring. Um, This is a a question that gets used often in podcasty things, but I like it. So I wanted to ask you, Your career path, the amount of work it took to get the the education you have to open a practice and hold it open during COVID and all these things. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self if you could? Oh. All the things you've come through.
1: I would tell her not to worry as much mm-hmm. and I would tell her to lean back and trust.
0: Uh-huh. Trust what?
1: Trust that, that when, um, that when we're connected enough with ourselves, that the universe will show the path mm. that we don't have to push the river. Mm-hmm. Right. That, we're on a river. I like to think I'm on a really awesome floaty on the river and the current is taking me where I'm supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And this isn't all bliss, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you hit rapids, you hit debris in the river. I mean, you know, um, but all of that is for a purpose. Mm -hmm. So if I had to look back at all the good times and all the awful, awful times, there was something that I was supposed to learn from that. There was some experience I was supposed to go through mm-hmm. that then has a profound effect on either myself later and my own growth or in the way I can help somebody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so what I've kind of learned in the past couple of years is not to stress out too much about when things, um, don't go the way that I expect
2: mm-hmm.
1: or I hit obstacles
2: mm-hmm. I used
1: to really you know ugh, about things <laughs> um, and um, and really what I've learned mostly through having this business because um, you know that's something that I really wasn't prepared for is is the magnitude of the work involved and the amount of hearts and lives that you hold and you um, and so I've just learned to really to really trust that there's there's a reason for everything. Mm-hmm. and that all the experiences I went through set me up to be who I am right now. Mm-hmm. and everything we're doing right now, right is setting me up to be what I need to be ten years from now. Um, but when we can let go of some of that resistance mm-hmm. we can flow easier down the river and, And it certainly is better on our body to not resist all the time. Um, But I think there's more joy in it. There's more trust in it. And then, and then you can look back and say, oh my gosh, that's why that happened. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
1: how grateful am I that I went through that (laughs) shithole? Because, because it has affected me in this way and I can give so much more. To, to life and to people around me because I had that experience.
0: So trust and relax. I get that. Yep. Beautiful. Well, our time is just about up. Um, I'm so, so psyched that you came here to be with me. We're not together together because of the Zoom thing, but yes. um, I so appreciate your time. And Absolutely. I wanted to make sure people knew how to find your information so they can dig mm-hmm. through all the data you've got on your websites and that sort of thing.
1: Yes, ton of education. Information. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. So the website is just gratitudeforwellness.com. Mm-hmm. And from there, that will house um, the acupuncture, five seasons diet, doTERRA essential oils, thermography, beauty counter, everything that I've come across that I truly believe leads to a less toxic Load in our body and how people can begin to make those changes. And on Facebook, it's Gratitude for Wellness Acupuncture.
0: Okay. And I will post those links in the show notes. So for any of you who are interested in uh, following up with that, uh, you'll have access to those easily when we, um, well, you're already seeing it. I'm obviously new at this podcast stuff and I'm so, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I guess I'll say, because we already posted this, look down below and you'll see the links.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: so glad you invited me. And I really, what I'm super glad about is that you're doing what you're doing
2: Mm. because
1: I think you're going to bring that kind of connecting to practitioners to so many people so quickly yeah. Um, instead of the one on one that we often do in our offices, that you're going to affect change on such a bigger scale and give people the education on such a bigger scale that um, that momentum for change will happen. And you're following your passion right now, which makes
2: me yes. so
0: happy. So absolutely. Right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And again, my name is Dr. Susie Harris. This is the podcast The Next Seven trying to ensure that our next seven generations have a world they can thrive in by having clean food, organic food, clean water, and access to functional healthcare. Thank you, Melissa Mackey, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day.